Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. This is your host, Sarah Heater. And recently in the Facebook group, I made a post asking if you could ask me anything and have me address it on a podcast, what would you ask me? And this episode is one of those questions. Today's episode is another question submitted by listener Jen. And if you have been binging these or if you just pay a lot of attention to detail, yeah, this is the same Jen. Jen is very active in our Facebook group and has been a very active, loyal supporter of this podcast and everything that we've done for a very long time now. Jen's a super fan. We love Jen. We're super fans of her, too. And um, she asked for today's episode, the question she asked was, how did you approach capers, especially for a big troop? We have 20 Girl Scouts, and it was really hard to get a caper chart going because there are so many girls. So let's start with what capers are. Capers are basically chores or responsibilities, and one Girl Scout tradition that goes back a very long time is to assign girls tasks Um, at each meeting or event that they're responsible for that help keep the meeting running and the meeting on task and to really pursue the level of girl leadership that goes into responsibility and leaving a place better than you found it and um, just running the administration of the troop. So let me start with my personal experience and my personal answer to this question. How did I approach them? You guys, I didn't. <laughs> and I think that there are some really cute caper charts out there. If you go on Pinterest, you can find all kinds of really cute caper chart ideas. And I wanted to do some really extra fancy caper chart and like lean into that. I wanted to, I'm a total Pinterest leader as far as like the how that stereotype of like Pinterest moms and Pinterest birthday part. I am all in on being like a Pinterest level leader. That is totally my MO. But um, there's something about caper charts that didn't really ever sit right with me. I like kind of tried to work on planning one out for my own troop a few times. So, um, but for me, it just never really felt right because to be completely honest with you, it felt like creating work for girls to do for the sake of giving them roles. So what I did, what I personally did, how I personally approached capers, just being totally honest with you, even with a big troop, is when we needed help, we said either I need three helpers and we picked people who were eager to help or we handpicked and said, Susan, Alice and Megan, you three, I need you. I need your help. Can you help me with this? Right. And so that's what we did in my troop at meetings and specifically at meetings. Now, one of the reasons why capers are good is because it allows every girl to be involved and it allows every girl to be special and it allows every girl to contribute. It allows every girl to take on a level of leadership and responsibility. And it also, um, it means everybody helps, right? Everybody's contributing. It's not going to be Allison every time. Like 
everybody contributes. And so um, there are definitely a lot of benefits to having capers. I also think from a girl-led perspective that I think there's a lot of benefits to getting girls involved in the administration of the troop. The things that used to be done behind the scenes that made being a troop leader 10 billion hours a week, um, allowing the girls to, first of all, know what those tasks are and allowing the girls to take on those tasks is beneficial. It takes some pressure off of us, first of all, but second of all, it's actually giving the girls organizational leadership skills that will allow them to be more productive at school. It will allow them to be more effective group members when they're in group projects and stuff for school. It will allow them to be more effective in the workplace when they have jobs, either, you know, part-time jobs as teenagers or full-time jobs after they graduate. All of those things it's going to help with. Even administration of a household is easier if you can get experience from the time you're a young a young girl taking on these uh, responsibilities. So I think that there's a lot of benefits to doing capers. So when I say I didn't do them or it didn't quite sit right with me, it's not me criticizing capers or caper charts as a whole. What felt weird to me is some of the common capers are taking attendance, which we did not do. Honestly, like, my troop was never big enough that I needed to take attendance. I could look around the room and know who wasn't there. And most of the time we had pretty close to 100% attendance. And if somebody was missing, it was notable. So we noticed who wasn't present. We also counted on 100% attendance at meetings because we commonly got 100% attendance at meetings. So we had supplies for 100%. So if somebody wasn't there, it was really easy to notice. I didn't I didn't really take attendance because I didn't really feel like I had to. So giving a girl that task to take attendance would have added a task to our meeting that we didn't normally do. And a girl taking attendance, especially when they're younger, is going to take a chunk of time. My troop only met every other week. So adding in another task that was going to take up time, I felt was detracting from our actual meeting plans. So that didn't make sense to me. But if you take attendance or if you love taking attendance or if your girls love taking attendance or if you really believe in what the research tells us, which is that it's good for girls to take on tasks like that, and then taking attendance is a great caper. <laughs> um, leading the pledge is another really common one. We did not say the pledge in my troop. First of all, there was no flag in the meeting room where I met, but also I personally take issue with asking girls to repeat the pledge. I don't think, personally, I don't think girls really even know what the pledge means. They're just repeating words that they don't really even know what they mean. They're not thinking about what it means. They're just repeating it out of memorization because it's a daily task that they're told to do. I know a lot of schools have done away with daily Pledge of Allegiance. I said the pledge growing up and I I don't object to what the pledge means. I just think it's kind of, I think it's kind of weird. I think it's kind of weird to ask kids to pledge allegiance to their country, like their kids. I don't know. I think it's strange. So, And no judgment. If you love the pledge and if you really believe in it and it's really important to you, if it's really important to your girls, if it's really important to the culture in your troop, in your town, in your school, there's absolutely no, I'm not judging you, okay? It just didn't sit right with me. 
And so we didn't say the pledge of my troop. And if there had been a flag in the room, I think like it would have been maybe a little bit more um, something that we would have done because we would have done a lot of flag work. There's a lot of flag work to do in scouting in general, both Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts, with how to handle a flag, um, what the flag means, what it symbolizes, its history, um, why it's important, what it, where it comes from, um, and um, how to handle it properly, what are the rules around flags, and so on and so forth. Like, there's a lot of flag ceremonies, like flags in ceremonies. There's so many things in Girl Scouting that um, that flags are involved in, that if we had a flag in our room or if we had a flag easily available to us, I probably would have done a lot more flag work uh, because I think that that's really interesting and there aren't a lot of environments that girls have access to where they're learning about the flag. So if we had a flag, I would have been a lot more tempted to approach all of those things and that may or may not have included the pledge. We didn't do the pledge, so I didn't have that. Um, saying the promise and law, leading the promise and law, that's another thing that can be a caper. Generally speaking, the girl who leads the promise or the girl who leads the law is the first one to start talking, but then the whole group starts talking. So she just like initiates it almost like who initiates singing happy birthday, like, ha, and then everybody jumps in, right? So same kind of thing. Um, on my honor, like the girl put up the hand sign and say on my honor, and then all the girls will join in, right? Um, and then so on and so forth. So that's another caper that you could definitely have and is really common. We said the promise in law <laughs> sometimes, not all the time. There were years that we made it more of a priority to say it every, to start every meeting. Um, I think that for some groups and for some leaders, that sense of ritual and regimented routine is really, really important. And for some girls, that sense of ritual and regimented routine is really important. I think for me, it felt like sometimes an inconvenience or not quite to the same level as feeling weird about the... Um, the pledge because I think that pledging allegiance to your country is a weird thing to ask like a five-year-old kid to do but I don't think it's weird to have a five-year-old kid um essentially pledge themselves to be honest and fair and a sister to the other girls in the room like I don't have the same the same issue with it as again issue is like such a strong word <laughs> this is gonna be such a hot take but if you've been listening to this podcast up for a while you know I don't shy away from the hot takes I'm just gonna tell you guys what I think that's why I started this podcast I am in case you need to hear it I am not affiliated with GSUSA or any council as um a pay in a paid capacity in any way I'm a lifetime member I worked for council many years ago and I um have been a volunteer in several capacities including of a multi-level troop for several years i've been involved at the service unit level the service team level etc but i um but this podcast is just completely my own opinions and my personal experience in girl scouts i love girl scouts so much and i love what it does for girls i believe in it so much i love the girl scout research i love the the program i know not everybody agrees i totally love it okay so 
um, drinking the Kool-Aid, but also all opinions in this podcast are my own. So I don't shy away from the like hot takes in this podcast. I'm just going to tell you what I think. And you can take what you want and leave the rest. If you think this podcast is helpful, but you're offended by my opinion about the Pledge of Allegiance, then I apologize. I apologize because it's never it's never my intention to offend people. Um, but I would also say if you get benefits in other ways, then just take what you want and leave the rest. You don't have to do everything I do. You don't have to have the same mentality or mindset as me. You don't have to do things exactly the same way. As long as the girls are safe, you're doing it right. <laughs> so, um, you know, you can do you can do things your way. But um, anyways, so although I don't have the same, the same, um, I guess, uncertainty, of asking girls to repeat the promise in law, I do think that there's something to be said for it feels less ingenuous. Is that the right word? Like, because disingenuous is the opposite. But like, it feels less um, sincere to have girls just repeat it because that's what they're supposed to do to open a meeting rather than mean it. (laughs) So to me, it would be more meaningful to open with a check-in and ask girls like, what's one thing that you did to keep the promise and live the law this week? Like, and have the promise in law in front of them. They've they've learned it. They've talked about it. They've earned the pedals. They, you know, they do Girl Scout Way badges each year and so on and so forth, or each level and so on and so forth. And so, like, they're very much ingrained in Girl Scout culture, right? And so, and they have access to the promise in law either hanging in the room or they have it on a bookmark in front of them or whatever it is. But um, reviewing the promise in law and then saying and asking them a question like what's one way that you've kept the promise and lived the law this week and have them share with you something that's actually tangible to me that's such a more meaningful way of keeping the promise and living the law than just repeating it on rote um every meeting but ritual and tradition is something that's really important in Girl Scout culture. And it's really fun to have rituals and traditions that Girl Scouts of all time in all geographic locations participate in and can relate to. And so I think ritual and tradition is important. And I'm not trying to just undermine ritual and tradition. It's just that um, I don't really do anything without questioning why I'm doing it. And I want my girls to question why they're doing the things that they're doing as well. So I would encourage that kind of behavior among the girls in my troop to question it. And so I think asking those bigger questions and stuff, that's um, that's to me more meaningful. So anyway, capers, leading the promise in the law. Some years that was relevant in my troop and some years that wasn't. So meh. Um, one thing that we did do was we would end meetings with a friendship squeeze unless we ran out of time. Like sometimes our activities would go right up to the end and we wouldn't have time and we would still try to make it a priority of like parents are here and they're waiting, but really quick, let's circle up. This is important. We got to do this. We got to sing the friendship song and we got to do the friendship squeeze, right? That's something that, um, I did try to do at every meeting as much as possible. Um, I I can't say I was a hundred percent, but we did make it a priority to end meetings that way. And somebody, got to lead the squeeze so that could have been a caper um but honestly to me that's not what a caper is a caper is like a chore or a responsibility um and so leading the squeeze is like I don't know it's not how I think of capers so and even if I did even if I was going to make a caper list that would have been on it but 
I mean, I don't have a whole list. <laughs> so that would have been one of them. But instead, we would just pick. And a lot of times what would happen is girls would say, can I do it next week? And then we'd forget who we promised it to. And they'd be like, but you promised me last week. And so it was a whole thing. And so, yes, there could have been a more organized way to do that. Generally speaking, it was never that much drama. The girls were all perfectly happy and it was fine. So I didn't choose to do anything about it. But um, but yes, it could have been more organized. So uh, that's another one. Cleaning up, I mean, for my troop, all the girls cleaned up. So you could get specific with what type of tasks for cleanup there are. But for us, that varied depending on the meeting plan. So I didn't really have cleanup capers that really worked out. If you're in a meeting place where you know every time you're going to leave, you have to sweep the floor and wipe the tables down with um, uh antibacterial wipes or something um and you know you're going to have to erase the board you know you're gonna whatever the the tasks are that you know you're gonna have to do at every meeting yes those could be capers we just didn't have consistent things we had to do every meeting there were meetings we had to sweep there were meetings we had to take the trash out but there were also meetings where we were outside so i I mean (laughs) okay other things that could be capers would be like handing out materials um that could be something but Uh, We didn't always have materials to hand out. We usually probably did have materials to hand out. But we also, I had a multi-level troop. Sometimes we met in multi-levels. Sometimes we met in our individual levels. Would we have caper charts per individual level or would we have one for the whole group? I mean, it just, honestly, I just couldn't really figure out a way to make it work. But generally speaking, if you can come up with a list of tasks and responsibilities for girls at your meetings, then what happens is you find a way to rotate through who's assigned to which caper. And so these caper charts, usually, if you've never seen one, usually have like um, a whole bunch of tasks, either in a list or like in shapes or whatever. And then they have individual movable shapes that are either magnets or Velcro or they fit into little pockets or whatever that have the girl's name on them. And so you can move the girl's names around. Clothespins is another common one. You can move those the names around to assign them to a different task. And so that board is up on display at the meeting and girls come in and they can see where their name is and what their task is. Sometimes people do capers with like, um, I was going to call it a necklace. I don't know if that's really quite accurate, but like a, uh, something that hangs around the girl's neck that's like a string attached to like a little laminated card or something. And so the attendance taker wears the attendance taker card around her neck and um, or like pins it to her vest or something like that for that meeting. And so each of the girls has their thing you know, attached to them. And sometimes um, if you have a big troop, then not all girls may have a task every single meeting. Um, Sometimes you have to break up tasks. So like if you have a big troop, then the attendance takers, maybe this girl, like girl A takes attendance for the first half of the alphabet and girl B takes for the second half or girl A takes attendance for daisies brownies juniors and girl b takes attendance for cadet seniors ambassadors if you have a multi-level or whatever um so there's ways to like break up the the tasks or to assign multiple people to that task and they do it together um i don't know 
(laughs) to me, it felt like creating more work for myself to figure out how to make capers work and then creating more work for the girls than we actually have to do. Like, we don't actually have to do it. Yes, we're all going to clean up, but the cleanup is going to vary depending on what the activity was. And we're all just going to contribute. Like, we're all just going to clean and it's going to be fine. Now, capers were something that I used when we went camping because then I did have tasks that I knew needed to be done. So um, there'd be girls who, and normally what I would do for a situation like that is that the girls are in groups. So like they could, if depending on how old they are and where they are in helping you plan, they could plan which group they are. They could randomly draw from a hat or a bucket (laughs) their names of which group or which group they're in and then they could even come up with colors or themes or names for each group it could be the green group and the blue group and the yellow group it could be the unicorns and the hummingbirds and the mermaids whatever it is but um group a b and c it it doesn't really matter but um you know, Allison, Susan, and Megan are all in group A slash group green slash group mermaid. And um, and then on any given day, they're either on dinner patrol, cleanup patrol, or they're off for the night or whatever. Um, and so for each meal, we'd have girls who were cooks and girls who were cleanup. For different activities, we'd have girls who were leading the activity, girls who were cleaning up the activity. We'd have um, girls who were in charge of like checking specific safety things or um, and it would depend if we were tent camping or if we were cabin camping. As the girls got older and more experienced with camping, we'd have them come up with what is the list of capers that are going to need to be assigned. And how are we going to organize this? But um, generally speaking, if you were a mermaid slash green slash A, you knew that your group was cooking dinner on Friday night, cleaning up breakfast on Saturday morning, off for Saturday lunch, and um, doing the setup for Sunday dinner, right? Where maybe we're all cooking or Saturday dinner where we're all cooking together, but like everybody's cooking their own meal, but the initial setup needs to be done by somebody. Or maybe they're doing the setup for another group to do the cooking, whatever it is. I don't know. Um, And so they know what all their tasks are for the weekend going into the weekend. And that is one way that we would do capers in my troop. That was not a chart though. Um, You could definitely put it onto a chart to take camping. For me, that felt like one more thing we had to pack in and pack out. And also, where are you going to display it? If you're in a cabin, it would be a little easier. We did a lot of tent camping in my troop, but um, it'd be a little bit easier, I guess, if you had a cabin you could display it in. But if you are tent camping, like, where are you going to put it? Especially with weather consideration. Like, it just seems complicated. And honestly, I would rather uncomplicate things instead of overcomplicating them. So we did use capers, but we did not use a caper chart for tri- um, for trips and specifically for camping. Not even like day trips and field trips and stuff. We didn't have that. So anyways, um, that is the rundown of how capers can work and how they did not work for my troop. And we did not. How did I approach them? Well, Jen, I didn't. <laughs> I hope that this was helpful and I will be back next week answering more questions. If you have a question you want to ask me and again I'm doing this series as if if we went to lunch or if we met for coffee and you asked me and you could ask me anything about Girl Scouts and you just wanted my opinion and my experience 
then I would give it to you. So that's what I'm doing with this series. If you want me to do a more organized answer about here's a list of capers, you know, I've done like the great big list of guest speakers, the great big list of field trips. I've done um, how to plan the most epic Girl Scout sleepover ever. Those are all episodes in the past that you can go check out in the library if you want me to do an episode more like that for capers that's not about how did I personally do capers but here's what capers can look like for your troop if you want me to do a more organized episode about that I'm happy to let me know that's what you want either in the Facebook group girls uh, I'm sorry <laughs> facebook.com slash girl scout podcast or email me at girl scout podcast at gmail.com again facebook.com slash girl scout podcast or email me at girl scout podcast at gmail.com and let me know that's what you're looking for or ask me another question uh, let me know what what question you would ask if we met up for coffee or lunch I actually don't drink coffee but I would still meet people for coffee I'm just not gonna drink it so all I do is go to coffee to talk as you can tell I love to talk but if you wanted to have coffee and you wanted me to meet meet and you wanted me to meet you there and talk at you about Girl Scouts, what would you want me to talk about? If you've got a question for me, shoot me an email or a DM or go ahead and comment on the post in the Facebook group and I will get to it in a future episode. I have a lot more that I'm working on getting through. So if you ask a question and you haven't heard it answered yet, I've been too busy answering all of Jen's questions. I'm just kidding. Um, I just I answered one that really spoke out to me in the first round of recordings and then in this round of recordings I just started at the top of the list and she asked several at the top so that's why Jen's getting all her questions answered but if you ask questions I promise I'm gonna answer your questions too I'm gonna get to as many of them as I can and yeah so that's it I hope this was helpful see you next week